Taking up your cross, suffering and sacrificing have been superseded with name it and claim it. And as dark as I know it looks out there, the good news is that God is advancing his kingdom. And it's very exciting to be a part of his great commission. It's Sheila Zielinski. The Sheila Zielinski Show, the only show to give you the truth behind the headlines, prophecy, and the deeper things of God. Now... Here is your host, End Time Watchwoman, Sheila Zielinski. Hello, listeners, and welcome to the Sheila Zielinski Show. Thank you so much, folks, for tuning into the broadcast today across the globe. And a big shout out to all the new listeners over there at WINB. Folks, please do sign up for my podcast. You can go to weekendvigilante.com, click on the big pink button on the right-hand side, and sign up and follow my podcast. And thank you for making it number one for five weeks in a row in the Christian category. Folks, remember, I broadcast live Monday to Friday at 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, right here on Worldwide Christian Radio. Folks, my very special guest today is Russ Dizdar. Russ is an ordained minister and former police chaplain hailed as a leading authority on satanic crime and rituals, demonic activity, and the occult. He's worked for 30 years with law enforcement and victims, and he joins us today to talk about the rise of the satanic super soldier, the Black Awakening. Russ, welcome to the program. It's a privilege to have you back on. Hey, great to be with you, Sheila. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. So, Russ, let's jump right into things. This is a big, heavy, ominous, and to some scary topic today, which you're certainly no stranger to. You've personally been involved in hundreds of exorcisms and demonic encounters. You've investigated occult crimes, satanic rituals, mind control, multiples, Illuminati programmers. You've experienced things that only nightmares are made of here. Start off, Russ, by telling the listeners how you got involved in all this. Sure, thank you. We uh, got involved back in the uh, late 70s. In deliverance, we began to do, you know, deliverance with young folks. We were ministering to young people in schools all over the place. And, uh, you know, some came up with uh, demonic issues. We began to deal with that. We found out that they were into satanic worship. That led to us beginning to look, you know, into how did they get into this? Uh, adults, uh, books given to them, groups, covens. And then we began to engage what is now known as satanic ritually abused individuals or SRAs. And uh, that includes the topic of what they call, used to call MPD, multiple personality disorder. So we, that, that began in 1980 and it was very complex and we never seen anything like it. I don't know anybody during that time that, you know, knew what this was at, at first. So the American Psychological Association, the psychological world was inundated with thousands of cases. Uh, it was on the rise. And so through the eighties, it became a phenomenon that literally hundreds of thousands of victims began showing up counseling centers you know just all over the place so the american psychological association had to uh, kind of rewrite their what's called the dsm-3 
the diagnostic manual to include multiple personality disorder based on trauma. So this whole thing began to rise. It was absolutely a kind of shock and all to um, counseling centers and churches. And so we, when we began to work with some of the early victims, we heard the story, Sheila. We heard stories of mind control and uh, satanic rituals. And we, we began to hear about these languages and see the writings and the symbols and we were taken to places all over the place uh, to, you know, and victims took us places to show us things. So we began to really investigate it. On the one hand, work with the victims, but we began to investigate it with a team that, you know, just prayed as hard as we could and, and, and asked God to guide us and show us to verify what's really true and what's not. And so that's been going on now. We've been doing that up to this very day for 30 years, over 30 years. And the underworld, this underground, is multi-continental, multinational. It is so huge. It's way beyond the public's understanding of what is called satanic ritual abuse. It is um, simply the underground that I believe personally is part of the End Days Project. Well, and everything really is culminating into, as what you just said, this End Days Sinister Project Russ, you've taught law enforcement extensively. You've trained thousands to deal with Satan and his minions, particularly in satanic ritual abuse and demonic crimes. It is one thing, Russ, to teach, train, warn, and equip the body of Christ on how to fight in the spiritual realm, but how do you deal with the mainstream church that is just in an absolute stupor when it comes to the spiritual realm, and how to do spiritual warfare? Because let's face it, for the most part, the Christians in the mainstream church are in a stupor. They're they're really in a trance. So how do you equip the body of Christ when people don't even acknowledge that there is demonic activity, let alone that Christians can have demonic affliction. Well, that's that was part of the issue and and you know, in Montana, look look I said I said on that stage after Sunday morning's message uh, by Pastor Langford, we, we, we sat there for almost five hours with people, and yeah. there were yeah. episodes, and then you guys were on the other side. So the, the truth is, and, and this is true all over, not just not just Montana. Uh, I've done 50 conferences in five years, but I've also been a pastor. Now, that's true. Among the body of Christ, I, I live in an area where there's uh, six, 700 churches, and I can think of one or two churches that would do, quote, and unquote, deliverance. That's a failure on the side of the body of Christ when it comes to the instruction we've been given, the example of ministry, the book of Acts and what we see. That's just simply a failure on the body of Christ's part to be so um, weak and anemic on the issue. Uh, deliverance is a part of the whole picture of salvation just part of it. I mean, salvation is the center of everything, but healing and deliverance is part of that. The biblical picture is is that the unprecedented numbers of demonic entities and engagement and their work will continue to grow in the end of days to um, levels the world has never seen. So, you know, you and I have seen what we've seen there in Montana, and I've seen, you know, we've seen it for 30-some years. And on the field, it's it's increasing. She, the biggest burden I have overall is the hundred or more emails or more that I haven't been able to respond to because we have, you know, so many people standing in line in that direction to help. It's a, it's a biblical reality. The demonic stuff is real and possession, attachment, oppression, counterfeit signs, wonders, all of this whole array. And for the church not to be uh, at the cutting edge, because this is very important to understand. God doesn't have a problem with this issue. God has given all the equipment, the victory, the astounding victory in Christ, but it's all about leadership over the last 30 some years. And what they have slid away from, neglected, did not really want to get into. And, and you're, and I'm going to say this. On the one hand, there's just simply, maybe leaders were not taught in their Bible schools and seminaries. But the fact is, so many people, now here's what happened here locally. We've had over 50 churches bring demonized people to, people have voices in their head, something happening to them. 
And so they bring them to us and we keep telling them, hey, you guys got to do this. We're inundated totally with individuals and we'll, we'll always do that. We'll continue to help and, and give us, you know, much time as we can. But you're absolutely correct that in a larger sense, is it a matter of fear? Well, fear is there because of lack of understanding and, and the experiential power of the Spirit of God. When you do deliverance, when you command and engage a demon and use the authority of Christ and see this explosive power, it's like, the dark side gets hammered by the authority of the living Christ, and we see this triumph. We see people delivered. We see that, that this is a compassionate ministry, and there's nothing to fear. You know, you got to learn. You, know, you are dealing with real entities speaking through people and, and throwing people to the ground, just like in biblical times. But again, as we see what Jesus did, Luke's Gospel, chapter 10, is number one in the instruction. So he instructed us, he gave us authority, that authority has not only been given to us, but it, it has a mission that we're to tread upon, that is to bring a real destruction to the dark side, and that can be done. Now with the unprecedented numbers of possessions and other activities, the body of Christ should be at the cutting edge. We should be the place where people know to go to get their family members or friends set free from this. Uh, but it is a sad condition. Well, you're absolutely right. And it's one thing for us to encounter a person who's demonized. I mean, okay, that's one thing. But the veil really is thinning between the spiritual realm and the realm we live, I believe, especially in these last days, these end times. But a demonized Nephilim with superhuman strength and a high intelligence under the control of maybe some kind of fallen angel technology instructed by Satan. I mean, the stuff we're about to see is no laughing matter, because I know I've stared into the eyes of a completely demonized individual who even at that moment wanted to kill me. You know, you don't forget that, but if you think that's uh -huh. enough to prepare someone for what's coming, not so, because it's actually child's play compared to what lies ahead, isn't it? Well, I believe so, and I think, you know, we look at the uh, biblical model of uh, Mark's Gospel, chapter 5, and we see this incredibly demon-possessed individual. He is, uh, he's got superhuman strength. He's able to break chains. And we look at what, you know, what his condition was. And again, looking at what Jesus did in, in bringing him out of that darkness and his total freedom in Christ. So that's the good news. Now, the other side of this is the dark side has learned over a period of time how to, we could say, transmute a person, to change and alter a person. There's been this, and we could talk about the Nephilim issue, the kind of a hybrid demon-human mix, because that's, you know, even though it's back in Genesis 6 and we read it through the Old Testament, Numbers 13, the fact is that when it comes to satanic ritual abuse, and we're talking now 40 million worldwide as far as first generation, and there's a reason for that. There's a reason why they're developed and placed in every single city in the United States. This is not just possession. This is an alteration of an entire human being because they were conceived in a demonized, ritualistic sex act. They are then traumatized. Now, it's one thing to be demonized, but then the trauma that is placed upon the child from birth on, actually even in the womb, but causing dissociation, but to split. Now, we're talking now something more than demonization. And I believe this is, again, satanic technology. It's I believe it's their side of stuff. But it involves such trauma that pushes the child to literally dissociate then snap and, 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 and creating an alter personality for survival and then doing that again and again and again and again. So what we've learned is that not just possession of an individual, but an individual who has got a level of mind control that involves, this is way beyond hypnosis, way beyond trance states. This is the permanent creation of sub-alters within another human being, designed, by the way, and purposely done, so that those sub Alters. This is done out of the solical area, the personality side. So that as you, you know, we read the uh, modern terminology for this, uh, multiple personality, and they call it disorder, meaning a person has many different personalities. And it can seem like demonization until we understand the difference between what is human and what is really the demons. So 
in a in a very quick way, this is what they do to the child from and again, this is bloodline, this goes all the way back beyond the Nazis. This means that a child has been born into this by a, a bloodline, a demonized, you know, the family line of those who are into that direct worship of Satan and, and his agenda. So children that are born are to be born demonized and prepared to, to, to be, you know, given over to Satan. But this trauma-based splitting occurs. They split human personality. Then they begin to program. Programming comes into play, meaning that they have an imposition into that. If you know how a hypnotist does somebody on a stage when they take them under, it's that kind of thing. They split them. There's an alter personality. Then they begin to tell them, program them, embed in them into that particular personality. For example, you're going to be a sex slave, and they're going to teach it how to do everything on a sexual level. Another personality may be an assassin. Another personality may be a priestess. Another personality may be a runner. Another personality may be someone who can infiltrate churches and places. Uh, They create whatever they design in the programming, so they split the person, they program the alter personality, they give it its job and assignment, and then they demonize it, then they can put that personality down. Again, similar to the way a hypnotist will say, hey, I'm going to count on the count of three, you're going to come out of this, you won't remember uh, what you just did, and, and so the hypnotist counts to three, and the person comes out, they don't know what they did for the last 20 minutes, they had missing time. Well, that's a temporary state, whereas in satanic ritual abuse and the multiplicity issue, they, by that trauma, create permanent altered states, and then the programming added, and then the demonization, and then over time, they call up those personalities to train them, to get them you know, doing more, and to demonize them even more, put them down. The way they're able to call them back up is they give a trigger code, a phrase, a code, and numbers, and uh, otherwise they stay buried down within. So when this began to show up, very beginning of the 80s, many places, especially the secular psychological world, they had no idea what to do with this. Though they know nationwide in the United States that uh, their own statistics are into the millions as far as those who've shown up. That's astounding in and by itself because you cannot be a multiple, SRA multiple, without somebody doing it to you. Every single city in the entire United States since the 80s on, And Sheila, what we discovered in all of this, how they make them is one thing. What they make them for is another thing. How many of them is astounding and how they've been purposely by design placed in preparation for a future event is the big picture, is the big issue. Uh, Why are some estimate 10 million of them here in the United States? They are in Germany, they are in England, they are in Ireland, they are in Canada, they are in Australia, they are in France, they are in Russia, and on and on. It's an astounding underground that's been developing for over 50 years. Well, and these elite royal bloodlines, they really do believe they're the chosen ones. And, you know, it's amazing, these inbred satanic minions, they take their job really serious, too. And it seems like they're one directive is pure evil bloodshed, they become sort of more like a weaponization of demonic power, too, eventually, don't they? Well, they really do. And and, uh, and, and again, most of them think in terms of, you know, they're victimized, they're trained this way, they're programmed this way, they're really altered humans. Now, again, because this is a heavy-duty subject, we've tracked it, and, we, and we've even, you know, gone back to Germany and to the Vadelsberg Castle, and Himmler and Hitler believed in the creation of a master race. We know that's true by history. Any books on not the Nazis will tell you that. What most do not tell you, though, is a secret project called Lebensborn, where all over Germany they had secret birthing centers where by selection, they would have Germans who can prove they have Aryan descent. They believed Aryans were the godmen, the supermen of the past. And so they were wanting to recreate that master race. And so by design, by selection, and in a spiritual way, they were breeding Germans who had partial Aryan blood. And the belief was then they would create another next generation that had more of that Aryan blood. 
And then another generation, they would be really, you know, packed with the Aryan super, the Godman blood. So they had a project. Real history, they were wanting to create a super race of super soldiers that would be able to help facilitate, maintain a 1,000-year Reich for the Nazis. That's history. That's pure history. Now, when the Germans lost, the Nazis lost, they uh, where did the Germans go? Well, if you track them into Paraguay, into the colony of Dignidad, into South Africa, wherever you track them in the world by the rat lines and where they went, it was not but 25 years later, 30 years later, that the same concept began to show up. In all those places where the Nazis went, a development by design, by selection, creation of a, in their view, uh, super soldiers. They're called chosen ones or select ones. Uh, they are considered, in their view, superior, faster, stronger, more able. And when the demonization, that power of the demons kick in, then you have even something that's superhuman in their abilities. In all that we've engaged, the first generation of them anyway, they have assassin personalities. So if anybody thinks in terms of uh, Mr. Holmes from the Colorado shooting in the theater, uh, or Jared in Arizona that went after the senator and then just blew away a number of people, and or the VTech shooter in, in VTech. You have elements here, especially in the first two, Holmes and, and also in Jared. Without question in my mind, in our observation of it, looking into it, you have individuals who had programmed sub assassin personalities that had handlers that were done by design. They went out, they had this incredible kill ability. You know, the VTEC shooter blew his face off. That's part of the design of programmed assassins and these individuals. They have programmed in them suicide, you know, to take themselves out if they're going to get caught, that kind of thing. So when we look at this as a whole, it's one thing to see one individual so transmuted and so changed and demonized and being used by others and being used to extend the satanic cause. Well, then when you look at the sheer numbers, you know, we need to be asking the questions, well, who created them? Why are there so many of them? Why are there now a second, third, and fourth generation of them? And what is the ultimate purpose for them in the coming years? You envision sort of this Nazis on steroid, New World Order globalist regime with this mass anarchy planned, all with the demonic power weaponization, with this rise of the homo satanus, or as you call it, the Black Awakening, Satan's army, really. It's like a evil global regimen to unleash a hellish slaughter of the of the saints, really, a war on the saints. Could that be accurate, a war on the end-time saints, or is there a bigger agenda at play here, Russ? Well, I think it's both. I think that, uh, you know, we had to realize that no government, I mean, when it comes to Russia, the United States, the Germans, or even like when the Nazis were being developed and they took over, uh, there's no way for a political party to take over without the military, you know, without the enforcement. Yeah. So, you know, Russia has a military for enforcement and, and the United States does and China does and so forth. Uh, the Nazis did. Well, the coming, and we know this from the book of Daniel, uh, 2,600 years ago, there's going to be a global political militaristic system that is superior to anything that's ever been on the face of the earth. And it is, it corresponds and is inseparable from the Antichrist himself. Uh, God gives the language of that kind of system in the book of Daniel that it's very, um, I mean, it's going to come ripping, tearing, thunderous. I mean, it's the, the description that God gives in the book of Daniel, and then we can move uh, simply to uh, the book of Revelation chapter 13, where we read this. the Greek word there is anabano, this system of ten, with the ten kings. They rise as if out of nowhere. But the truth is they're preexistent. They're the shadow government. They have to be multi-continental, multinational, already embedded before they can ever come to visible power. So in our belief, in our understanding, that uh, not only is this the biblical you know, reality that there's going to be a system that's hidden and developed, and, and then when the time comes, it will rise as if out of nowhere to take over on a global scale. Now, that will not happen without the soldiers. Among all occultists, all of them, and the darkest of them, they believe in a chaos 
before a new world order. That's the Masonic teaching. That's the, the old mystery school religion teaching. Yeah. That is the new uh, age concept of a cleansing of the earth, uh, the Georgia Guidestone concept of the depopulation of the world for to a manageable, you know, so many. Well, as we've worked with these underground, satanically designed, demonized, programmed, highly trained, chosen ones, here's what we've learned in all these years. One, they know who they are. When it, when you get down inside of them to find the the soldier, the the assassin, the, the 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 dark side of them, they know who they are and why they're here collectively. Second, they under, they they look at it as a fort, you know, a, a number like a number of tiers to their they're here to be placed and to remain hidden and quiet, embedded for a long time until an activation. A collective, not just a Jared being released, not just a Mr. Holmes or uh, the VTech shooter, just one individual. But when tens of thousands within the United States and Europe and England are all released within the same week or same month, you can imagine, since they're stronger, faster, more able, since they can bring and do that kind of damage... We're now talking about their belief, not ours, but what they've declared to me over the years, over and over and over again. They've called it the Black Awakening. That's their term, the Black Awakening. Here's what they mean. They believe when the time comes for them to step out collectively, they will be activated, which involves a unprecedented release of demonic power to help do this. And when they are activated, they're just going to be activated to slaughter and to kill and to create anarchy and chaos and to help collapse nations. That sounds like this is wild. That's, I mean, that's astounding, a, a global coup. That's exactly what God has given us in the prophecies that we read in the book of Revelation 6. Yes. Anybody reading, there's the white horse, the Antichrist, and everything about the Antichrist. So the moment he moves, what happens first? Immediately. And God gives it in pictorial, uh, dramatic fashion. It is, you know, come and see a Pyros red horse. Now, Sheila, I, I've been on the field in full-time ministry 39 years I've never heard a sermon on the red horse in 40 Amen, years. Russell. Okay. And, and I, you know, I've got a lot of books here and a lot of prophecy books here. And, mm. and, and I'll say this much too. We've done a lot of prophecy conferences. Uh, I have yet to see even one bring out what the red horse is really speaking about that prophecy. We say red horse, but that's a good way of embedding into our minds that, you know, we don't just have to think red horse. What does the red horse mean, just like the white horse, the black horse, the pale horse? Well, the red horse means this, that all of a sudden, on a global scale, if you look at the language of the red horse prophecy, Revelation 6, the whole earth, all of a sudden, the Greek word uses arene, peace. Peace, which in the Greek word arene means the cessation of hostilities, the whole, you know, the idea of keeping the peace per se on a global scale, that is removed instantaneously and something happens. Look at the red horse language. The prophecy, what God gives us in advance, and I believe this is all the dark side's doing, that is plotted, planned, designed, and God has ripped off Hell's Kitchen's uh, lid to show us their blueprints, and that's part of it. They're plotting a global scale massive chaos to collapse everything because they have another order that needs to step in the Re the revelation 6 red horse prophecy declares this peace that's kind of holding things together right now right it's like everybody fails about to be unleashed right right everybody feels the tipping point everybody knows that it's coming but here's the concept when that piece is re, you know, removed instantly, here's what that prophecy shows. Here's what God says that side's going to do. All of a sudden, it causes, something causes people to begin to slaughter one another. Now, this is important when we read in the original Greek. The Greek word there is not the same word used when you read the pale horse and the reasons for, uh, you know, one-fourth of mankind being slaughtered. It uses, in the pale horse, a Greek word for direct warfare. Whereas in the red horse, the Greek word savadzo. Anybody can look up the word. It has to do with animal butchery and or animal animals being butchered in a, in a ritualistic setting. 
a ritualistic sacrifice. So the Spirit of God chose that word to describe this, this bestial, violent bloodshed on almost a ritualistic basis where, according to this, on a global scale, the assumption would be that millions, if not tens of millions, will die in a, an extremely bloody anarchy and chaos and bloodshed. And this is a message that I think that we need to uh, reconnect uh, with because God gave it. I mean, we can read the Masons, we can read the New Agers, we can read the underground Luciferians. They want a a massive chaos that, that eliminates tens of millions. Yeah. It's exactly what they're designing. Absolutely, because they always use these preemptive, selective strategies to programming and mind control to numb and dumb us. I mean, you've got these zombies and trance themes and hypnosis everywhere, and we've got a really dehumanization and a frog in the boiling water, this acclamation to all this acceptance of this order, because the chaotic is coming. And yet people are in a fog here. You know, there's the Christians are certainly in a cotton candy coma. They're too busy with the Austinian mantra of every day's a Friday. I mean, when you have precedented prophecy on fire, Russ, I mean, it's right now like a nature hike through Matthew 24. Jesus himself said they've never occurred in history and they never will again. Unless the Son of Man cuts them short, there would be no humanity left. When Jesus makes a statement like that, don't you think people ought to pay attention? Well, agreed, agreed. And that's that's the other side of the entire biblical picture. Uh, and maybe some, some of the reasons why some shy away is because it sounds scary, but the truth is God given, has given us intel to bring preparation for us, Here's what that kind of prophecy does to me. It really makes me aware of the dark side, what's going to be happening to the world as a whole. I'm saved. I know where I'm going. I know what's going to happen. I'm going to see the face of my king. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to have an immortal body. I have no, that, that I'm not concerned about. I have joy concerning that. But the fact is, the body of Christ is not prophecy prepared in, in understanding the development of the dark side. The world is in complete, uh, a shrouded supernatural darkness, let alone being sucked in through the New Age and whatever else. As you said earlier, this idea of the frog in the kettle, they're being layered like a blanket upon blanket upon blanket. It is progressive. It is satanic evolution. As the world is being steeped deeper into the concept of a need for a global, a new order, uh, a dream day for a golden age, what they don't know is that underneath that fog of uh, masqueraded, you know, Satan masquerades as an angel of light. And and so all of this masquerading that's going on spiritually, the counterfeit, seduces billions, while the underside, the real blood and guts, the real Luciferian, they know what they're doing. They know they're summoning powers, increasing the numbers of these super satanically empowered programmed hyper-soldiers. Listen, one of them told me one time to my face, we will make Hitler's SS troops look like choir boys. I have watched the triggering. I have, I have talked to assassins, sub-programmed assassins. These folks, nobody's ready for. And it's not, you know, again, God's not caught off guard. God has preempted that. God's preempted every movement of Satan and all that he's going to make. He's preempted it by giving us prophetic intel, telling us the sequence and the extent, and as you mentioned, extinction-level events for humanity and the environment unless God steps in. We always see these chosen ones, whether they're carrying out Satan's hellish plans or not. Anton LaVey types, the Richard Ramirez kinds, the Church of Satan, the Temple of Set. You've got traditional Satanism, the Cathedral of Black Goat. You've also got this very new agey stuff that goes back. I mean, the serious evil juggernaut, I guess, Russ, that underpins this is really the underground movement, this bloodline, transgenerational monarch, you know, you use a word black flame, whether it's Manly P. Hall or Albert Pike or Helena Blavatsky or Alice Bailey in the 21 volumes of writings that launched the New Age movement, they always take a real interest in the sort of demonic counterfeit, aren't they? Well, they are, and and that's, you know, Satan's able to masquerade as an angel of light, the Greek word metaskidsmazotai. He has the physics to alter his presentation without 
changing his nature or his intent. So, you know, the New Age movement, probably a billion or more caught up into it right now. You know, they're just, in, they're, they're grasping the, the ascended masters, the great white brotherhood, the spirit guides, the, you know, all of that. Um, that's huge. But here's, here's how we test it. We come back to the word of God and we see the Holy Spirit always presents Jesus as God in human flesh, the Savior of the world, the one that loves humanity. He's died for the world, the astounding work of Christ. So we have the picture of the Spirit of God presenting the real Christ, whether the prophets of the Old Testament, the apostles of the New Testament, the elect angels of God all declare Jesus Christ is God. He's the Savior. Uh, he's uh, the sinless Lamb of God. Salvation is the brilliant work of God to bring about the redemption from past our DNA. I mean, all the way to uh, changing us from within to the ultimate indestructible immortality that God's going to give. Now, counterfeit to that, wherever, and we read this in the book of First John, wherever the spirit of Antichrist and 1 John 4 says to the Christian, we should be able to recognize or know the difference uh, concerning the spirit of truth and the spirit of error, the spirit of God and the spirit of Antichrist. We should know the difference. Here's one way of telling the difference. The spirit of Antichrist, no matter if you're like, you mentioned uh, Manley Hall, you mentioned uh, Alice Bailey, you've mentioned many others. You can talk about the Mormons, you know, you can, the New Age movement. In that context, wherever the spirit of Antichrist is operating, the spirit of Antichrist will always present a de-deified Christ and a kind of spirituality that enables a person to believe that they can evolve to God-likeness. So two factors. One, the goal is to de-deify the real Christ and present a fake, de-deified, dumbed-down, uh, non-saving Jesus. Uh, the Mormon Jesus can't save you. The, the Jehovah Witness Jesus can't save you. The New Age Jesus can't save you. The the uh, Alice Bailey Jesus can't save you. In all those presentations, that Jesus they present is not God. He is not the Savior of the world. He's just a guru, a spirit guide, a teacher. Uh, so that's where you know that's the evidence of the spirit of Antichrist when anybody's embracing a fake deified Christ. Now. Since there's no real Christ in the system, what's the alternative as far as uh, salvation? An evolution, like the Gnostics of old did. A promise of a constant striving and initiations and spiritual acquisition and, 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 and eventually an evolution to godhood. That is the doctrine of the fallen cherub in Genesis 3. It is the doctrine embedded in every occult system globally, historically, whether Rosicrucian, whether New Age, whether Masonic, whether the Mystery Schools, whether the New Luciferians, and, and the rest across the board. The ability to alter Jesus and present a fake one, that's all the demons can do. They cannot and will not present the real Christ. Uh, both will not and cannot. That's important. And they will also present an alternative future, which is nothing more than kind of a uh, propaganda of what Satan really wants. He wants a new world order because he's got to get to Armageddon. But to the world that's in going to be in chaos and going to be, you know, collapsing and, you know, the constant barrage of the new age and, and manly, and, and, you know, the, the, the old occult writings and even the, 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 we just had this a couple of years ago with the Mayan stuff. The promise of a new golden age. Even the transhumanists, the so-called top scientists of the world, Sheila, they're not just pure science. I was there on the stage in New York, and they combined Russian cosmists based on um, the teachings of Fedorov. And, and Fedorov taught the there's a constant. I mean, the gurus stood on the same stage as Ray Kurzweil. Yeah. So the the top scientists, geneticists, physicists said, we need to have a transhuman. And then the cosmos stood on stage saying, yes, you're right. And the gods in the sky, the ancient gods, the ancient god, they want a return of the ancient god men. Yes. They're going to help man to evolve to immortality. So you have exactly what Alice Bailey proclaimed in 1930 when a demon inside of her declared this evolution that would bring science and spirit, demon spirit, together to produce the alternative, the counterfeit, a false promise once again. It will not lead to godhood, just like in Genesis 3. It'll, it will not be an evolution. It will be a devolution 
always to destruction the way that it's always been done that way. So we have the most unprecedented deception right now. We have an underground, and this is what's important about all of it. When you talk about all the streams, and you you mentioned those very well, all those streams together all link to what Second Thessalonians chapter 2, we read it as the mystery of iniquity. The Greek word is the mysterium. The mysterium of lawlessness, this which opposes God, is what? Number one, inseparably connected to the rise of the Antichrist. That is the system collectively that is involved in, in, that's what's behind the shadow government, the concept of new world order. And so we must begin to understand from biblical prophecy, all that's coming as far as the destruction and the confusion and the deception is by precise satanic design, not just a bunch of random collapse. Let's put all this together a little bit because, you know, you've got transhumanism, the same lie peddled in the garden. Then you've got the Pope emerging with encyclical about the UN. You've got the conclave keeping a close eye on him who's really taken an unprecedented level of preparing us for alien arrivals. You mentioned the godmen. It's like the days of Noah reemergence of these godmen, maybe like a transgenic hybrid type of demonized being. And Bill Clinton was talking about preparing for UFO evasion. The Catholic Church is talking a lot about it. This is interesting, Russ. Steve Quayle and Tom Horn mentioned, it's kind of a what-if scenario on my show last week. What if all this preparing us for the UFO agenda, of course we know there's super weapons and advanced weapon systems. You you can kind of see this picture, the Pope, the UN is on stage with the world leaders saying, by the way, we've met these aliens and they are our friends. And by the way, Satan or the demons, they're your friends. This God of the Bible guy, forget him. Satan wants to give you new life. You know, your bodies are just too fat, too old, too dumb. You're just a bunch of beer guzzling, useless eating plebs. But Satan, this guy in the Bible that's been depicted as a bad guy, isn't that frightening to think about that concept that this is what the dumbed and numbed masses could accept the ultimate antichrist alien slash demon arrival. And by the way, he's a good guy. Well, exactly. And and this is, whether we read that in the scripture, I read in the scripture that, yeah, massive, progressive, uh, decay, collapse, moral, you know, you know, uh, uh, nation against nation, all the rest. Re- you know, again, as you mentioned, uh, Jesus in Matthew 24. Uh, very clear. It begins with the watch out that nobody deceives you. It begins with spiritual deception. So behind all of what's happening is the spiritual powers, uh, being unleashed broader and deeper and broader and deeper. There's no advance to that cause, satanic cause, without the real powers behind that. Just as there's no advance to the kingdom of God without the power of the Spirit of God and His hand at work. So when we look at this in a corresponding degree of demonic side being unleashed, is the um, is the deception that continues to build, and whether the world understands this, because the world's going to be like, look, the the wars are breaking out, the 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 earthquakes and the and the environmental stuff is going crazy, and people are violent and bloodshed, and and they're going to be screaming, help us, help us, help us, help us. Well, then there's going to be a promise. I mean, the Luciferian promise is going to sound very good at first. Uh, we're going to save you. We're going to help you. We're going to, you know, we're going to change humanity. We're going to have a a government that's going to rule the world that we can, will no longer have all this trouble. That's why billions going to embrace it. But we're, they're not going to embrace it be, just because of that alone. We have to remember, and I think you're doing this very, very well, Sheila. That it, again, it's unprecedented dark supernaturalism, the weaponization of demonic presence. When we think in terms of uh, Revelation 13, that a underground, multi-continental, highly demonized, plotted, planned, trained system of individuals is already going to be in place, ready to come to power once the collapsing of everything occurs first. They are the ones, though, that are plotting, and they already know this. They already know this. They're going to create the chaos. They're going to step back, stay hidden, stay in their holes until the chaos and the slaughter and the collapsing. Then they rise, just like it says in the book of Revelation 13. As if out of nowhere, they're going to rise. Now, along with this, an inseparable, I call him homo satanus, the Antichrist. 
Now, world, you know, world occultists like Ellis Bailey calls them the world teacher, the Maitreya, the, the Mahdi. You, uh, the world is already set up for a, a superman. So when you think of the Antichrist and I think of the Antichrist, I think of him as the Theron that God reveals him as in the book of Revelation, a beast, a violent, bestial, bestial, uh, non-human-like entity. So we have a, a good picture, the right picture. The world, though, is going to see a super, supra, if you want to say it, ubaman, uh, alien-almost-oriented, uh, uh, trans-human. So homo satanus, the physics of homo satanus, and I'm going to take this on biblical assumption where Satan counterfeits every single thing that God does. He has nothing original. I don't believe Satan, uh, the Antichrist, is a demonized man that just appears, you know, down the road. I believe it's bloodline, just as Jesus' humanity is bloodline back to Adam, and that the Messiah himself is clearly a human and has a history all the way back. I believe the Antichrist uh, will be a counterfeit of the birth, the conception of birth of Christ. I believe there's a black Madonna. I believe there is a woman prepared bloodline that, that not a, not a fallen angel, not an benign Elohim that will engage the woman, but the fallen cherub himself will engage the woman, prepared woman. And, you know, in the conception of Christ, we have the Spirit of God causing in the female egg the, the conception and the birth, uh, perfection of God in human flesh. On the, uh, counterfeit side of that is going to be the Antichrist. You're going to have the actual mix of the fallen cherub, prepared, demonized, bloodline human woman to create the... When it comes to Nephilim, this would be the ultimate Nephilim. This would be the direct fallen cherub uh, to human female woman. So you have homo satanus, Satan in human skin. And this is going to be, nobody else is more profiled in all of Scripture, Sheila, than, other than Christ, is the Antichrist. God yes. has started this way back 2,600 years ago. Some say before some of the other, you know, other Scriptures speak about it too, clearly throughout the Old Testament. But in the book of Daniel, uh, is this massive release preparing. So we have this massive, massive, uh, unleashing of teaching on the Antichrist. What is his face like? Like a stern-faced king. His eyes, he has the eyes that look like the eyes of a man. Why is that in Scripture? Because something's wrong here. That's part of the profiling that God has given of who this bestial person will be. Because his appearance, uh, apocalypse to the world, in prophetic theme, is, is the immediate evidence that billions will die, and almost extinction-level event to the environment of the world will occur uh, by his presence on, in, the, in the world and, and the system that he's going to create. You said it, I'll say it again, Jesus said it first. We, we cannot look into the past to say, well, it'll be like this. Jesus said it's unprecedented, there's nothing in the past. This is so beyond anything. And again, when it first occurs with the false prophet arising, and look at the supernaturalism in Revelation 13. The supernaturalism of the dark side will be at its pinnacle. This is what's going to bring such deception. This is what's going to bring such, as you mentioned, if the Pope is involved, if their part, you know, uh, in all of this is going to present to the world altered humanity, uh, promised immortality, altered governmental system, altered economic system. This whole presentation will be unprecedented, and the world will that has been layered is going to be sucked in by the billions, but also going to die by the billions. Absolutely. That's the key, isn't it? The It's right back to what you just said, the Georgia Guidestones. I mean, you said a manageable population of about a nice little 500 million. That's a drastic cry from 7 billion people on the planet because the collective planetary globalism of this it's real there's a sophisticated satanic spirit behind this i mean satan's powerful that's what makes these elites powerful is they are piped into that and jesus didn't say satan didn't have any power of us but he did say greater is he that is in you that he that's in the world as you said god's not left us in the dark here either it is prophesied god knows the playbook and he gave us not only the intel on all this through 
Bible prophecy recorded some 3,000 years ago in advance. But in addition to the intel, he gave us weapons and authority. The gates of hell will not prevail. And I think that's the important piece. But I guess what concerns me is if Christians are in a cotton candy coma and they're not even willing to even take on spiritual warfare, what does this nightmare look like when it unfolds? (laughs) Well, and part of the evidence of undiscipled and unequipped believers is believers who are living in confusion, and they're not living in, in even concern about the mission of Christ or what's going on. They're not living prepared. They're not living with an urgency. Uh, and they're, they're standing around saying, what's going on? Whereas the prepared believer, the empowered believer, and prepared in biblical pro- prophetic themes, you're able to be able to say, no, this is exactly what God said is going to happen. This is that which, uh, you know, like we read in, in, in Acts 2, when, when the Spirit of God came in power and in, in fulfillment to prophecy of Joel, Peter stood up and said, this is that which the prophet Joel prophesied. So we should, lit with spirit-lit eyes by prophecy, because you can't get this anywhere else, Forget Nostradamus, Casey, the remote viewers, all the other junk. Forget all of them. That's all propaganda anyway. God has given us the exact future human history, both the massive destruction, unprecedented destruction, but also the the massive unprecedented glories. I mean, two witnesses are coming. Hundreds of millions may be saved. Christ is coming. The descent of Jesus, the visible return, a new heaven and a new earth, a 1,000-year reign. I mean, uh, this is what the New Agers, their, their ears are so blocked by the by the propaganda and, and counterfeit they've already received. Uh, it's important that we today realize uh, as you said, greater is the one in us than the one in the world, that we have an unprecedented mission, that the darker and more confused everything is, the believer should be able to stand out of the crowd, you know, and be able to stand as a light to the world saying, hey, this is the reason why the world looks like it's going to hell. It is. And here is the answer, the real Christ, the brilliant Savior, this God in human flesh that died on this cross. Look at who he is. Look at what he's done. The promise of indestructible immortality is in the hands of the immortal God who is infinite, not the finite fallen cherub with all of his lies who cannot produce what he himself does not have. So we have this incredible message. If we can unleash this by the tens of thousands of believers, millions of believers, but as you say, there's so many that are asleep. Uh, There are so many that are unprepared that um, they're asking questions. Uh, they're confused. They're standing around with their mouths opening, you know, open, looking at the world, saying, "Wow, it's you know, this is really bad." Uh, I think maybe the Bible said something. Well, they're pastors and they're leaders that have willfully held back these teachings because their statements to me and to their own parishioners have been, "Well, we didn't want to scare our people." Now, what you've done is you've created weak, anemic, untrained, uneducated, which means also then unempowered masses of believers, you've dumbed the body of Christ down. That's dereliction of duty. That's got to be turned around. And uh, we must do that, as your show's doing that, uh, constantly, so that we know we can stand ablaze with the presence, power, future that God has already given in Christ. And we have something to say. Well, you know, it's incredible. As you were talking, I was thinking, you know, Satan might offer immortality, but he cannot deliver. Only Jesus Christ can deliver. I mean, I think it should be in the pulpit of every church in North America, them screaming bloody murder about the transhumanist agenda, but you don't even hear anything about it. What these guys are talking about, these Ray Kurzweil's and their band of merry men, these incredibly arrogant people think that they can out create God. You know, sit back and stand down, God. The people you've created, they're just too slow, too fat, too dumb, too ineffectual. Sickness and disease are just things for our engineers to figure out. Just move over and we'll show you how it's done. I mean, it's the ultimate arrogance. They really want to achieve immortality. And this the frightening reality is that we're talking about post-humanism. I think people need to wake up and realize what we're saying here, folks, is we're talking about the end of mankind as we know it. You know, I've been looking, Russ, at these DARPA augmentation projects. I mean, this is right out of the bells of hell. Well, exactly. And and the thing about it, even with the military side of it, behind the scenes, 
there is real dark entities collectively breathing down the necks of the politician, the media, the wealthy elite, and the military developers because there's an agenda they're bringing about. So when you see among militaries developing planetary defense weapon systems that can be aimed into the sky in case anything comes out of the sky, it can shoot it out of the sky. Well, look at Revelation 19, the descent of Christ, when the Antichrist army, Armageddon, is exactly what you're talking about. If you're talking about, you know, super soldiers, I mean, this is the culmination of super soldiers, Revelation 19:19. The beast, Antichrist, and his armies are on the field. They're going to raise their weapons into the sky. And what kind of weapons? We have uh, people in NASA and in uh, the uh, DOD that are already, already uh, put out a book called Planetary Defense Weapon Systems. Uh, already talking about how to develop those kind of uh, particle beams and, and chemical lasers and whatever else, could, you know, in case something breaks open in the sky, begins to descend down. Now, here's what I believe. I believe the fallen cherub has breathed that concept into the heads of those who are unwitting to begin to develop what's needed for the future. So you got That's why I'm saying again, there's an evolutionary process. The dark side has the advantage on the one hand of being to the eyes of the billions, invisible, and to the lost, uh, undetectable. And so they're going to continue to operate, and they're going to continue to move forward. The transhumanists, as you've mentioned, when I was at the 2045 initiative meeting in New York at Lincoln Plaza, when Ray Kurzweil and all of those top world scientists, inventors, mixed with the cosmists and the gurus that were speaking, here's, here's some things they, they, they lay, number one, they collectively hate death, but they couldn't answer why it's here, where it came from. They, uh, all are agreeing that man needs to be changed, but they don't, they don't know the reasons why we're not good people and why we do bad things. And, uh, so their, their thing is we just gotta have mankind change. They all realize the concept of aging process. So the whole issue of immortality, but Sheila, they couldn't define, they could not, if you take the transhumanist concept of immortality and say, Hey, that's door number one and explain it. Then take the biblical picture of indestructible, irreversible, permanent, God-given immortality and define that. I don't know of any human being that would choose transhumanist door number one. If if God's going to give what he's going to give. So they don't even understand theology. They don't understand the message. Uh, they're so steeped in the lostness, they could not define human consciousness. They could not define the human spirit. They could not define death and where it ca- comes from. It's as though they know, like like Kurzweil himself knows, you know, the death is approaching. The aging process continues. They're trying to take every smart medicine and, and vitamin they can possibly take and augment them, themselves, and they're trying to hurry and create the avatar, hurry and create a body, hurry and create something that they can download their consciousness into. They don't even understand human nature. They really do not. So this is why I'm saying again, biblical um, expounded uh, revelation when we come to the human spirit, human nature, why death is here, God's the immortality, who Christ is. We have an astounding, absolutely incredible message, and we need to be filled with the content of it. And that alone gives us this uh, incredible uh, joy of salvation and, and incredible picture uh, that we need to bring to the rest of the world. We read in the scripture there where we're able then to, as um, stars in the universe, we're to be uh, in a crooked and depraved generation, we're going to be like the stars in the universe holding out the word of life. Do you know what the Greek word there is? It's the Greek word luminary. Yeah. That Christians, real believers in Christ, are the luminaries in a crooked, dark, perverse generation. We are the luminaries that should be shining out the word of life. That's what I, I believe that when we're surrendered, filled with the Spirit of God, filled with the content of Scripture, both the massive, dire, explicit warnings, and then also the incredible, unprecedented hope that we find in Christ, the indestructible pictures of this, that we have something to say. Put a 10 million believers like that on the ground and, and see if there's, see, see if we still can't do something. I, I still believe we can still do something in these days until, until we're out of here. Well, amen, because Jesus said occupy till it, and really, Super soldiers with demonized, transgenic, cryptic hybrid technology really is no match for Jesus Christ. He really is the answer to all this, isn't he? 
Absolutely. He's 100% the answer and the truth. Jesus said that truth, him, would set us free and leads us to not only this indestructible immortality, not only a change from within, uh, not only knowing the truth, but we're going to see God face to face. And then God reaches out his hand and wipes away the final tears. That's in biblical prophecy also. Yes. And uh, so that's what keeps us uh, so motivated. Now, I will say this, Sheila, that I see the dark side, you, you know, as you explain it also, it does... It does outrage me, and it's part of the motivation to stand up and 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 and, and against it. Yes. Um. But in, but in that context, uh, there's not just screaming at the darkness. Uh, we can scream at the darkness, but we we need to unveil the unprecedented beauty and brilliance of God in Christ and all that's in the message of salvation in the coming immortality and face to face with God. That's, that's what we can begin to, you know, point to people and confidently expect the Spirit of God to still speak if we come under the Lordship of Christ and step out in total obedience. And that's the good news. Well, you've ended on a perfect note because I'll tell you, you're absolutely right. I mean, none of this stuff is any match for Jesus. He really is the answer. And folks, if you're out there and you listen to the program and you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior, I want to be in touch with you. Folks, Russ Dizstar's information is linked there at WeekendVigilante.com. And if you have not got a copy of Russ's book, get yourself a copy today, folks. Russ, thank you so much for coming on the program bless today. Bless Sheila. Thank you so much. Blessings to you, sister. Thank God you. God bless, Russ. Take care. Bye-bye. Folks, again, that was Russ Dizdar from ShatterTheDarkness.net. Folks, get his book, Black Awakening, The Rise of the Satanic Super Soldier. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into the program tonight. Remember to catch me daily, Monday to Friday, at 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, right here on WWCR. And folks, I ask you today to prayerfully consider financially sowing into the ministry It says the workman is worthy of his meat. So if you eat the meat, it's only fair that you do what you can. Again, giving is a kingdom principle. So I hope you all prayerfully consider supporting one of the few shows on the air today that actually does get into end time prophecy, the deeper things of God. Very incredible, amazing, cutting edge guests to bring you folks. And it takes a lot of money to buy airtime. So I do hope you consider sewing into the ministry as it is 100% listener funded. We've got a great lineup this week. We've got Pastor David Langford on the show tomorrow, Rodney Howard Brown on Thursday, and Friday we have an ex-Navy SEAL turn minister. It's going to be a great week, folks. Thank you so much again for tuning into the broadcast. Good night and God bless. The Sheila Zielinski Show is sponsored by SteveQuail.com, offering a wide variety of products, links, headlines, and information for the end times. Order Steve's new book, Little Creatures, by visiting stevequail.com. Dare to discover, learn, prepare, and be amazed.